Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Get ready, cause here I come. It's that time of the week again. What does that mean if I'm addicted to my vibrator? <laughs> All the thoughts you're thinking but not saying. We are two radio chicks who talk shit on this podcast about thoughts you're thinking but not saying. It's filled with so many amazing, so many inspiring, talented, hilarious chicks. Coming up this app. We all have secrets. And letting those secrets out is the most relieving, amazing feeling there is. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girl, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. Hi, yo. Um, we are here. I've got new shoes, and Stace has new hair. That's where we're at today. We're feeling yep. new. Well, I feel like you're aging, and I'm going backwards. You're reverting. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got leather backless loafers on and a gold watch. Yeah, so you look I feel like you could be photographed in a New York vlog. I feel womanly. Mm. I do. I did actually. I, that's it's very Melbourne. I feel like I would wear. I've worn would wear those kinds of shoes. I, it was like it feels like they're older, like an older person mm. or an Not yeah, old yeah. person. Either way, it's weird because I really like this gold watch, but I don't wear it that much because I feel like I look like my mum when I wear it because my mum's always forever worn a gold watch. Funny how some th- yeah. items are in your head. So I'll put it on and I'll be like, oh, no, I look old. and uh, Not old, but just like I feel like a young girl trying to look like a – like an old, like an older lady when you used to clip clop around in your mum's high for heels. Me, That's how I feel. For me, it's a neck scarf or a long necklace, which I wear the long necklace now because I found a beautiful one in India, and I was like, I'm not going to not wear this because all my aunties have them. I know what you're it's talking not- about with the long necklace, though. What, you think it's like an older... No, because I would feel weird wearing a long necklace for that reason. But the one that you have is stunning. It's yeah. different because it's kind of... It's hippie. It's, it's hippie It's like my version of rosary beads, to be honest. Well, I, essentially. Yeah, it is. It's quite spiritual. But I think um, I, I have you have those things which are bullshit. They're just in your head from age because you had older people in your life. And now you've got pink hair, which I'm loving. What are you unsure about? It is a big change. It's a colour. I yeah. kind of like... I You know, I I'm a bit... I've got lots – I like to dress up, so I like my hair to be fairly standard. Like I've oh. never really gone too different with my blonde because I like that I can muck around with makeup and muck around with my outfits. Oh, okay. So then with pink hair as well as the kind of style I like to muck around with, it feels like a lot at the moment. It There's might a lot going f- It on. might feel like a lot, but I'm telling you it doesn't look like a lot. Thank you. Because it is weird sometimes. But I reckon in about a week, give it a week to a week and a half and you'll be loving it sick. You can check it out on Instagram. I'm sure there's plenty of photos by now. <laughs> like it's just of me because, you know. There will be plenty. Yeah. Um, we will get into this show. And if you haven't listened to this show before, hello. Hi. Where have you been? Yeah, honestly, far out. We've missed you. We've been here for ages, for quite For quite some time. And, and look, if you're really into it, go back and listen to the last three and a bit years worth. You'll yeah. have your work cut out for you. Yeah, yeah. But people have done it in a month, so it's absolutely possible. Um, you might have found us from the radio show. Uh, we've been on air for about a year, and a lot of people still don't know that we're doing this secret little 
chat uh, yes. somewhere else. But it feel, but does feel a little bit like that, which is why it's a bit special. Mm, it is special. Mm. It's a bit of a treasure. It's a bit more. It, you know what? I'll describe it as more. Yeah. Don't you reckon? <laughs> yeah, it is more. It is more. It's definitely more. Like in a lot of ways. Yeah, many ways. Mm. Um, <laughs> so we're doing a, a lot more here. Um, and we each we each bring a gem to the table, talking thoughts you're thinking but not saying something's on our mind. And a guest, of course. Now, of co- we've had some incredible women that have joined us. Uh, last week we spoke to Cass Spears, our founder of Twist and Frozen Yogurt, who is an entrepreneur. She's incredible. We've had Gretel Clean on the show this year, Rachel Finch. My big favourite last year was actress Claudia Carvin, mm. um, who spoke about beautiful things about vulnerability and speaking for yourself. You can download all of those shows at thethinkergirls.com.au. But now it is time for a newbie and somebody that we've been kind of going back and forth with for quite some time, and that is a lady that joins us right now by the name of, do I say Dr. Catherine or just Catherine? Sure, do it. Dr. Catherine. Dr. Catherine. Hello. Dr. Everyone just calls Do- you Dr. Cat. Okay. Dr. Hey, Dr. Cat. From the Forever Approach, um, you are a body confidence expert according to my notes <laughs> um, and do a lot of work on on female self-empowerment and self-esteem. I, I've got to be honest with you, Dr. Cat, that it, the word empowerment does annoy me sometimes. I feel like a lot of people exploit it. Discuss. Yes, I, I have to admit, I don't use it. I just want to make people, uh, specifically women, just hate themselves less. I find that every woman, they look in the mirror and the first thing they do is, oh, my thighs, oh, my arms, oh, my whatever. And we need to start looking in the mirror and actually saying something nice about ourselves. So that's really my goal. I just essentially want people to talk to themselves like they would talk to their best friend. It's funny because... You never say to your best friend, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, but we say it to ourselves. Yeah, it's true. And I think we, I mean, I often feel like this dialogue has been a really big part of the last five years, particularly media and different things that people are developing. But it's like my mate said to me the other day, stereotypes exist for a reason. Sometimes like, oh, that's such a stereotype. And he was like, well, no... That's stereotypes exist because they are there. Because sometimes they're true. And I true, think that's yeah. the same with these types of conversations and this, you know, this self hate and this kind of dialogue that women have that we often feel like is happening. The conversation's happening about that a lot at the moment. And the reason I think is because it is, happens so much. That's yeah. why it's so important to be having it every way we can because mm. it is a huge, huge issue. But before we get into what you want to bring, let's um, get into our gems, shall mm-hmm. we? So we will bring um, something that's on our mind that we're thinking but not saying and let's roll off a bit of a, a headline, I suppose, a bit of a contents for everyone to know what the episode will entail. Um, I want to bring this week to the table a gem about how dysfunctional my family is and always has been, but I just actually had no idea, mm-hmm. literally until about a year ago. Mm. Um, because it's an interesting of, discovery, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because of what I just told myself and the picture that I thought of what a functional, close-knit family is. And mm. I thought that's what I had and I didn't. But I don't. I'm okay with it being what it is yeah. and owning what it is now. I want to speak about how I have been slowing things down this year and really trying to turn up and not even turn up, but just really get to know my feminine energy again. Um, she kind of trickles in and out of my life and I feel like the last few years I've definitely, she's turned down, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to turn her up. But mm-hmm. what that has equated to in terms of my physical body. I want to talk oh, interesting. about. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kat, what did you want to bring to the table today to share? Listen, I want to say that I believe thoughts are like farts. I mean, you've got to <laughs> let them out or we're yeah. just going to walk around bloated. So I, like I said, I had a 
massive struggle trying to think of about something that I thought but didn't say, but they're like farts to me. You've got to let them <laughs> out as soon as they start hurting you. Get okay, let's ki- let's kick the show off with that. So you've come to the table and gone, all right, I need to think of something, and then the actual meaning of the entire show and brand is what you want to talk about for all women. Which is funny because we've never actually covered this explicitly as no. a gem on the podcast, like three and a bit years in. So, I mean, you're breaking ground here already, and you haven't even well, spoken. Well, there you go. There you go. I knew <laughs> I was on for a reason. <laughs> but listen, I, it took me 20 years to realize this, and I think we all have secrets. And letting those secrets out is the most relieving, amazing feeling there is. So when I do talks and workshops, I get people to write down an anonymous secret that they just don't want to tell anyone else that they've never said before. And I've had secrets, everything from I don't think I've ever had an orgasm to I like to stick my nose to uh, I don't feel comfortable doing number twos in public to I don't think I should have married my husband to I don't want my kids anymore. I oh, mean, this I is about- very good. How interesting. Do you know, Dr. Cat? everybody that writes down their deep, dark secret would be feeling like oh, the, it's, they're so alone in that. But have you found that there are so many people that hilariously have the same deep, dark, dark secret? You've hit the nail on the yeah. head. So mm-hmm. when I'm reading out these um, secrets and these workshops and so forth and talk, you can see people's eyes light up. And at first, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, oh, my God, I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Someone else is like me too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what my whole approach is about, is that getting people in and getting those thoughts off their mind. Because at the end of the day, they think they're abnormal. And once we actually normalize what they're thinking – Problems start to go away and they start becoming competent again. That's my main goal. When you say it's taken you 20 years to realize, did you, what was it? What was it for you that clicked? Was there a penny drop moment where you go, why the fuck have I been living like this? It's time to change. Oh gosh, I wish I wish I had that light bulb moment because then I could make like a Hollywood movie and make millions off it. But mine was just, it's more like a dimmer switch where it's like slowly went up and then it got dark again. Then it got a bit brighter. Then it got really, really dark. It was, my life was up and down for a long time, but essentially I went through several eating disorders from anorexia to bulimia to binge eating to over-exercising. I was running on stress fractures because I was so concerned about my body and not having that perfect body that I did anything possible to starve myself what and push my body to the limits. What was the underlying emotional trigger for those things because I think a lot of the time you work on your behavior with your with your eating or you work on Mm. you know all the kinds of things and then you go a little bit of a layer underneath but then obviously years later you figure out it goes so much deeper there's like a root what was it what was your root my root was essentially I wanted to get attention and love from external people. So mm-hmm. everything that I did, I needed external validation for. So the reason why I got great grades is because I got praise for it. The reason why I had this amazing body is because I got lots of attention for it. So I was put up on this pedestal and feeling great about it because I was getting all this attention. I'll be the first egotistical person to say that I love that attention. Mm-hmm. But it was exhausting being up on that pedestal because I had to control every single aspect of my life. And I think that's what a lot of women don't admit, that they're like, oh, I love eating the kale smoothies and doing the squats and this and that. I'm like, bullshit. (laughs) Champagne and chocolate cake is a lot more delicious, honey. 
So yeah, that's and not kale's foul. Like, yeah, it's, it's actually disgusting. spinach is okay, but kale, what the fuck? In a smoothie, that is gross. It's interesting because yeah. this happens a lot, not just with women, but in our industry. Mm. I think a lot of people. I've spoken to a couple of um, friends of mine that were dabbling whether they get into things or not, and they said, "What do you think? You know, what do you think we should do?" And I said, "Well, I think you've got to be able to do it for yourself because if you jump into this kind of industry and do it because you're waiting for this big audience to automatically be there to give you that validation." I don't know, you won't survive very long. And, and it's interesting, so many people then, how you've explained your route, will come into this with that same route and look for that validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't get it, it's a pretty dark place. <laughs> it's a horribly dark place. And that's the thing. I mean, even what I'm doing now, it's it's very confusing to people because people always say, oh, so you're a nutritionist? No. So you're a psychologist? No. Well, what are you? And so you're not about weight loss? No, I'm not about weight loss. So it's 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 the kind of elevator speech that you would need like 44s to explain. And I'm so and fucking over time, it, to be honest. I'm over yeah. everyone needing the box. I'm mm. so done. We mm. were talking about this last week on the show. Like I just really struggle and I don't know if that goes too far where I, I can't handle. I just think it restricts us as humans. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I shut down my business. I was basically a bawling mess not all over the place. I'm like, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. I can't compete with the eight week plans and the exercises and so forth and sell these things that I know are just going to be hurting these women that already have enough stress in their lives. And now I'm going to make them eat less and do more. I'm like, no, I can't do that anymore. I want to actually help the person. I want to get into their brain. What do you really want out of life? Let me help you get there. But the problem is, I can't do a one-liner pitch on that. There's no USP for yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I was like, F it, I gave up. And I be, you know, I wish I could say I was this miraculous businesswoman. Not a chance. I've, I've failed, if you will, many, many times. But you have to go through that to get to where you want to go. Well, especially when you're so, so passionate about spreading the message and when the message is such a good one. We're glad that you kind yeah. of, that you persisted in that. I mean, when you, no, say, you. when you say, Cass, that your underlying root, as Stace called it, is mm-hmm. um, this validation from external sources. Have you found that a lot of the work that you do and a lot of the women and, and other people that you meet and work with have a real similar issue? You know what is they're as individual as their DNA. So for one person might be rooted in, for example, losing a father. The other person might be that they're in a marriage that they don't want to be in anymore and they want to get out, but they're worried about the kids Mm -hmm. to hating a job to having, you know, a fight with your best friend that you've had, you know, for 20 years Mm -hmm. and you felt like you've lost a family member. It's really incredible. The differences that people have. So I, think, I would say... I think the thing is it's so powerful to uncover that because once your eyes are open to it, you can't unsee it. Like that... That's right. Because it just pops up and you might even have a few of them. But I, I reckon I've been through a similar thing lately where I'm like, oh, I see that everywhere now, that you're so unconscious. You just go about your life and you just think, you know, people are, are assholes or this has happened because of this or I feel like this because I just do. When you realise that, that sometimes when you uncover an issue within yourself, how frequently, even in little small things in your life day to day, that it rears its head a bit. 
Absolutely. Mm. I'd speak more, but I heard the duck. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) We don't usually listen to the duck and we need to, so I appreciate your discipline. Um, I'll jump in. I've got bloody... What's happened over there? Stace, um, you've you've had your pen and the pen's gone everywhere. Your hands are black. You've got to be careful. You have a white top on. I know. I know. Sorry. I've been a little bit distracted. Um, Okay, let me get my focus back. Missed anything from the Thinker Girls this week? Don't worry. We've been waiting for you at thethinkergirls.com.au to catch up. So I had a bit of a, um, I don't know, I just usually will have something that I'm working on, something, a word that I'll I'll call the year. Maybe I'll be working with a kinesiologist and there'll be some affirmations or something in particular that will be around my house for that month, I guess. It can be very varied. But uh, this year I began with a real focus on slowing my life down. Um, and just because my our lives are very busy. Mm. Um, so that has to happen really holistically. <laughs> and mm. it needs to, to kind of start the day, um, which then will translate throughout that busyness, I suppose, is what I was going for. And just I think the word slow is 100% underrated. Mm. Um, for me personally, that then goes to slower on the road, slower in my life so therefore I'm planning and not late everywhere Mm. slower where I'm not doing as much because I have to be slow so therefore I don't jam-pack things in Um, slower in that I I breathe and I don't have coffee you know there's just been so many things that by one word that I came home from India with how many parts of my life it has changed Mm. it's actually quite remarkable And throughout that and last year, I had also wanted to activate a little bit more of my um, or just turn up a little bit more of my feminine side because that's a really big part of who I am. It's interesting that we speak about female topics and conversation all day, every day, but I found myself activating my masculine energy more than my feminine energy and it certainly was not even. And I think everybody has Mm. a bit of both um, and I was falling on the other side because we were running a business, running a team. And it was um, it was one of those parts of my life that I suppose I didn't have a lot of time for. And so since the slow thing, wow, like, I mean, I don't think that women are slow or women have to be slow. But what has happened for me is that with that beginning my day with my breath work and my breathing and and not 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 pounding myself with yoga or you know really rushing to do things i've made some shifts that have allowed me to then end up turning her up without needing to do anything when you say turning her up you mean your feminine yeah, side I yeah i think just i've slowed down so therefore she can compete yeah she's there she's always there i i am I'm a woman, clearly, but I'm also incredibly feminine. Mm. I'm incredibly sensitive. Uh, I am incredibly compassionate. Um, And I'm also very kind and and quite giving. Mm. But that isn't – they're not character traits that I suppose, A, people might who first meet me say about me. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree with that. And B, um, and people that get to know me know that. But it definitely wouldn't be the first first – place you would go to and B I don't think I was could describe myself as those on the daily why do you reckon that is that people uh, you know as you say first meet you might not sense those characteristics are you hiding them or or is it something that you think is more personal or it's just something that that's 
another part of your personality that you just kind of don't get when you're at an event or out or meeting no, no, someone no. for the first time. They're my feminine characteristics. Yeah, so no. But as I'm saying, that they were not turned up. Oh, they're not turned up. Yeah, okay. they weren't present because the masculine and the part of my like testosterone and ambition mm. and my my um, I guess vision and progression are, are really masculine traits. And they are great. They're brilliant. They've brought me the life I have. I wouldn't change anything for the world, but I'm looking for a bit more balance. Mm. And Mm. so as I have discovered that and really enjoyed it, like it's like, I don't know, it just feels nice to be those things too. Like Mm. I I like that person when Mm. you've got a bit of a balance and it's not just one way. But what it's allowed me to do also is if that's been – that's kind of where I started emotionally and so instead of getting up and knowing that I have to get to a yoga class and breathe there and then therefore I'm also working out and keeping quite toned because I was smashing yoga like five, six times a mm, week. Yeah, um, And it was great but it was hot yoga and it was intense and there'd be days where I would be intense all day at work. Mm. Then I've the only exercise I've done is also an intense exercise in heat. Um, it just wasn't giving back that balance that I mm. think yoga can. Um, and also I was still missing that part. So by pulling those things away meant I also pulled away the chain pulled away from that toning in my body Mm. just by default really because I started to think that there were things that I had on my priority list that were higher um and I don't have time to do absolutely everything in every day so what happened then was that I kind of would touch my tummy and it would be a little bit it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I don't know, softer. I wouldn't say floppy. No, it's not floppy. Because I'm very lucky. I've got quite a good metabolism. Plus, I eat like a fucking trooper. Like yeah, I, you eat I so eat very well. well. I enjoy good, healthy food. So I'm lucky from that perspective too. I, I don't have a, you know... A bad kind. And I'll have a happy meal once a month if I want to. You know what I mean? Like I have a good relationship with food. So I'm lucky in that I don't necessarily then pack on the pounds. Mm. But what I do notice is I am softer. I'm a bit curvier and a bit floppier. And somehow, even though at times I've been confronted by it, I've also kind of liked it because it's equated and represented parts of my personality that I've turned up that I really am enjoying. What a magical thing that like the way that you're feeling internally and spiritually can then also take physical form in the person that you actually are. I think that's amazing because it's just like a constant actual physical reminder um, that, I don't know, that you're doing it and living it every day and it is becoming you. 
feels like you change your perspective as well. Mm. I think, well, you change your body, but I think by slowing down your mind, you essentially put on a different pair of glasses and you're seeing things in a different way. You're interpreting things differently. I you know, like you said that you had to go to you, like I have to go to yoga. Like that's the one thing that I do with clients is replacing have to with I'd prefer to, or I'd like to. So that gives a bit of a softer, slower approach to things. So you don't feel forced into doing something, but it's something that you choose to do. And that's when I started to, because I think I, I struggled with discipline and routine. And, and so that helped me when I first did move here, I must say. Not to I, mention that every single day is very different like, but, and it looks different and for I, us. You know, and I think that it's being adaptable to that and, and mm. waking up and going, not what you signed up, what class you planned on doing when you went to bed last night. What do you feel like doing this morning? So what you was – so, And asking yourself, what do you want to do, you know? And what, what was your priority list? Because you said that that's obviously changed. So what was towards the top, um, what, you say, last, a year yeah. ago? Like what actually was it? Was it, as you say, was it discipline or was it well, physical got- or what, what – what? What was, uh, was forcing I've you never to go? gone to yoga to be toned. It just was a result. It did. It is nice, but a, a nice result. But I always went there for um, that was my sanctuary to breathe. Like that was my place to also get my spiritual connection and stop. But what I found was is that I needed to stop even more. Mm. I needed to step it up, and that meant that I stepped away a little bit from yoga and stepped up my meditation practice and my spirituality practice. So it was just a bit of an evolution for myself, really. But I think one thing it did definitely teach, I knew this, but it it was the results, was that you change within, your body will change. And it may not be you physically change, but your body will change the way that you see it. And, and that's why I will always, always keep plugging and preaching that, you know, if you're unsure about wanting to lose weight or you want to do something with your physical, go to a therapist first because mm. the inner change is what will shift your life, not the physical stuff, not mm. the external stuff. That mm. can follow, but it will always start with the internal. Always, 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 always. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Mm. <laughs> that's yeah. a sense. That's a, you have to be happy on the inside before you can be healthy on the outside. And it sounds, it sometimes sounds cliche. So I'm glad that we can share those experiences where it's like, hey, look, it's true. You yeah, know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not just about saying it. It's like that I'm living it. But it's like the empowerment word that you said before. I think sometimes when you, you hear a word so much or you hear a saying said so much, you kind of tune out to how important it is, but it doesn't mean that it's not important. Just of course, it's and a it's lot. a beautiful word, but mm, be it. Don't yeah, just say it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the catch. But, um. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. It's a really nice I, thing. I wanted to share this story too, actually. I know Philip's gone off, but um, my we we speak about her on the show often and I've spoken about her on the podcast, Bessie Beth, um, and her mum and I were incredibly close and she died about six years ago now in, in September. And um, it's funny, we started this podcast in September. Anyway, um, and she we just gave the most incredible hugs and I know that sounds really I don't know yeah, what were they sure. like can you describe well, she it? Was what a, it felt she like. was a bigger woman mm. and she was really classy always had lovely silks or you know kind of nice materials but had the most incredible huge breasts <laughs> like it was so big but she was so open you know mm. she wasn't a person that carried her weight heavily mm. you know she was soft and feminine 
and womanly and and she was empowered. She was 100% empowered. One of the most beautiful feminists I've ever known and will ever know. She taught me so much I know about being a woman and being a girl and what a girl is supposed to deserve and respect Mm. and she had three girls Mm. and so she would give these hugs that were she was empowered and she was a good businesswoman but she was a mother and she was a hugger Mm. and um and I just think about that squishy soft place that I would find myself in her embrace and think god we really fight the squish in our body don't we and it actually as a woman is really truly also where we get so much of our softness and nurture from and it's quite it's quite a conflict. It's quite an actual extreme to be hating on it but then drawing drawing comfort from it. But think it. about where you hold a baby and where a woman's curves are. It's in that exact spot. It's there for a reason. So let's not also forget that because mm. then you are contradictory where you're like, I hate this floppy bit, but then you go and have a floppy bit hug with someone and you're like, this is the best. I know the hugs you're talking about my grandma gives them. They ju- I feel like warm even thinking about it. And they it. don't have to be just from older women. No. You know, like, it, but um, yeah, anyway. So, I'm uh, sure Freud would have a, a field day with this conversation about, <laughs> you know, the, wanting the mother's breast and the softness and all this and... I'm sure he would love to hear this. And the fact, you know, because his his old thoughts about you know childhood and how it was so impactful. Yeah, and I think then we grow up, and why we hate, why do then we end up You're hating on it? Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's not something that we, you know, even when you look at the 1920s and the body shapes, they were all so mm-hmm. size 14. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and all beautiful and voluptuous and 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 not voluptuous in this kind of plus size bullshit way now, like women that weren't working out every day, Mm, real mm, women, mm. women, like hardcore, like (laughs) you, you see their body and you go, that's a woman. Yeah. Like go estrogen. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Let's get some of that back. Yeah. I'd like that. I'd like a bit of that. Yeah. I'm happy to put, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's yeah nice to be able to touch parts of my body that, isn't necessarily feeling like a bone. Mm. And that's the thing. Guys, you know, it, uh, yeah, I don't guys know like guys, it too. Yeah, they do. Trust me. I have a juicy behind. So yeah, you do. You, what guys are going to think. Even when you were thin, like, we you had care. a juicy, <laughs> a juicy <laughs> butt. Yeah, I have. And that was always the thing that they commented on mm. was something they could grab. Like mm. that they, Absolutely. they felt like you were, you were a chick. You weren't like them. They mm. want what they aren't. Yeah. We don't, and somehow we're trying to still I can be them in every be a boy. Reckon the girls are over sharers. Wait till you see them on Snapchat. <laughs> see what goes down behind the scenes. Follow the Thinker Girls on Snapchat. All right, young mate, you're up. We've gone over. All right, pals. I want to talk about my family and how it's dysfunctional. Sure. But I didn't realise this until about 12 months ago. Probably less, actually. Um, So I'll give you a bit of a snapshot. I grew up in a household where I had a mum um, that didn't work. I had a dad that was like the main breadwinner and I was the oldest of three kids living in, um, I don't know, suburban house that was two stories with a dog and a pool out the back. I went to a nice Catholic girl school. I really get along with my, my siblings. I'm tight with them. And I grew up, honestly, thinking that I am, and I still do think this, I am very lucky, but I'm very normal. I've got a normal family. And then um, 
I don't know, like. But they're all pitch. They're, they're all, all pictures. Yeah. And I get that. But that's for a long time what I equated to normality and what I equated to, oh, I'm lucky because oh, my mate Bree, her parents have broken up and their family's a bit complex and they have half brothers and sisters. And like so many of my friends, parents, you know, broke up and I felt really, I felt lucky because I was one of the few that had parents were still together. Mm. And yeah, they'd fight all the time, but I'm like, oh, well, they're still together. And yeah, as kids would get dragged into their fucking arguments, but I was like, oh, well, they're still together. We're still a happy family. Mm. And oh, well, we'd have these like screaming matches, never actually talk about it or apologize to each other, go three days without speaking. But on the fourth day, everything's peachy. Everything's mm. fine. So I, from the outside, that looks normal. Mm. And for a really long time, I thought that was. I thought that was normal. And the thought of my parents splitting up or, I don't know, having a label on my family that isn't this like, you know, three kids in, you know, like a, a nice southeastern suburb in Melbourne. Yeah, middle class, yeah, blah, blah, that, blah. That's, you know, that would be, I couldn't even compute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm listening. Stacey's on one of those office chairs oh, and it's just, lo- it's just lowered it's right down. Yes. You're right? Yeah, I'm You're fine. right. You look like Sorry. A, you look like a small little lady down Yeah. <laughs> My little floppy lady. Dr. Cat, she's just popped right down. She's looking over the uh, table with her chin at yeah. the moment, basically. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. It's my, my size. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a little person, Dr. Cat? Yes, I'm a little person. <laughs> Love just, it. Just over five foot. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Um, so then about, I was, I don't even know how long this was ago now, maybe six months ago, I my parents were breaking up. And that had been kind of like a long time coming. But I think the fact that it actually was happening and it was eventuating, having that thought process of, oh, this is a false alarm, this is a false alarm for so long made it more full on because I was like, oh, shit, Uh, I've been braced for this for like 10 years because although I've kind of told myself and told everybody I lived this perfect life with a perfect family, I kind of somewhere knew that that wasn't wasn't right. Well, you'd have to know. Yeah, of course. It's just avoidance, I guess. And even I would pick myself up now that I know – now that I can realise that, I go back and I see the way I would even speak about my family and my family life. And I think living away and moving interstate from the time I was about 20, I would always talk about my family. Because naturally people say, oh, where are you from? Oh, and, you know, you I would describe kind of, I had the same line that I'd use all the time. Oh, I'm a Melbourne girl. Oh, yeah, family live there. I really miss them, but I'm really tight with my family. And that was always something. You say it a lot. I say it, but I didn't even realise I did until. You say it on air a lot. Yeah, I do. Because it was almost like this justification of telling everybody, but mainly myself, that it's all right, guys. Nothing to see. I'm tight with my I'm close I to think my family. On, I think on air of, at times I'm like, we know. <laughs> but it's weird. It's not even till I'm now. Like, I'm like, get it, Christian. I'm like, why am I fucking saying this all the time? And it's not till now I realize it's like it's enforcing it in myself yeah. because I needed that. I needed somebody myself. I needed to hear it from somewhere. Mm-mm. And it's so funny because I was been working with a therapist the last probably year, and which has just changed my life. 
And when I was describing a lot of this stuff, because I think my parents breaking up was so much more than my parents breaking up. Mm. Like there are so many issues that um, kind of get really intertwined and, and tangled up as family issues that are really issues between my mum and my dad. And this happened really naturally. And I just thought that was normal, right? Mm. And that's what it was to be um, a member of a close family, that you kind of, things that are mum and dad's issues become mum, dad, Christy, Ashley, Paul's issues. Mm. Where I, especially living away, I think, I don't know whether I copped it less because I was away or more because I was away because I was this kind of like other ear that mum, I would know mum and dad would have some big fight over something and dad would be on the phone being like, you're fucking mum, this and that, you know, can you believe it? And then the next day I'd hear mum's version of the story. Like, I just can't believe dad, this and that. So, And you weren't in the house. That's why. I wasn't yeah, in the yeah. house. I didn't know what happened. Then I would be on the phone to my brother being like, so what actually happened? I'd get his version of the story and he'd go, yeah, but Ashley was there. So you'd probably need to speak to her. Then I'd be on the phone to my sister going what actually did happen and then she'd say no you know dad was actually in the wrong and then I'd get on the phone to dad and I'd be like why did you tell me that that it went down like this because Ashley said that you were being an asshole to mum and that for me I was like I'm the fixer I'm the problem solver. That was my role as the oldest kid. And I oh, think and there ain't nothing dysfunctional about that picture that you just painted. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for a long time. That is the, that's dysfunction right there. Isn't it? Ever. It's just mental. And I would spend so much time on the phone and working through this stuff with my boyfriend being like, so now, okay, I've got a new update. And he'd be like rolling his eyes like, fuck, what now? But I'd be like, I've got to help. That's what it is to be close with your family and help solve this shit, mm. right? Um, and then I was kind of speaking to my therapist about this because this feeling of like got to take mum's side, got to take dad's side in particular issues. And then, of course, as they decided to split up, which is just probably the best thing I've ever done. And she's like, your family sounds like an enmeshed family. I was like, what does that mean? And I Googled it and straight away, I reckon for probably two months after I was in denial about that. What do, what do you think that means, Dr. Cat? A mesh? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Yeah, what is it? And a, meshed, a meshed family actually represents the levels of authority within a family. So usually within a typical, you know, like, and or when I say typical, whatever, yeah. there's parents that are on a higher level and kids that are on a lower level. So like if you've if you've got an issue within the family, whether that be maybe a financial issue, a lot of the time that wasn't just contained to my mum and my dad when it should have been. Mm. My, I, my mm. younger brother would be like, is that a new dress, mum? You're spending a lot of money lately. Mm. And that was something that not only was accepted within my family and my dad that would set a bit of that tone, but it was also kind of encouraged. And Mm. I never really even realised, I knew that that was wrong, but I didn't really know how wrong that was. And we were talking in the office the other day about families and all this stuff. And I was like, my family is so dysfunctional and I haven't even realised that till really recently. But at the same time, I don't know, I actually am okay with it, that being the way that it is. Well, because nothing's going to change. Yeah. Exactly. I actually... It, but no, it's, and that's the thing and it's nice if people can hear that because when you admit what you are... <laughs> Nothing changes. But it's exactly. But I it has made me the person that I am. And so many of the issues that I see within my family as individuals or within my mum and dad's relationship 
have helped me so much as a person and in my own relationships. Yeah, where and they, I go, but they also fuck you up. Yeah, they do. I think that's the other thing. And I think that's okay. Mm. I think mm. everyone's so scared to say, this fucked me up. Like, it's so full on. No one talks about it. No one really properly is open, like, about, about – because I always felt very alone because I always spoke about it. Mm. But I would never have someone alongside me going, me too – everyone just would pretend that it oh. wasn't the case. And I'm like, hang on, I've slept over at your house. I've slept over at your house. You're fucked. You're fucked. Your brother's fucked. Your sister's <laughs> fucked. Your mum's fucked. Like, we're all fucked, you know? Like, so don't not say it. But even since I was little, I'm the only one that would ever really speak up about it's it. Such a, yeah, but that's such a good thing. Because well, as you say, yeah. everybody. But yeah, but that's but it's normal to not, I think, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot but of that, people don't. yeah. And they have so many things that I'm still only just scratching the surface of. And I'm like, fucking cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks for that one. Yeah, and heaps so <laughs> and they, much stuff. Oh, that'll, con- that'll so continue. Much, so me. much stuff. Yeah, and it, exactly. That's not going to stop What's there. What's your family makeup like, Dr. Cat? Oh, I have a modern family as well. My, my mother's um, very happily married on her third marriage. My father actually... Got married to his high school sweetheart after divorcing my mum, or after that they happens divorced, a bit, doesn't yeah. it? It's quite interesting. Yeah. Facebook, the, the, I'm telling you, it's yeah, Facebook yeah. reconnection. Yeah, but I, I mean, I lucked out at the end because I have now two sets of parents, and they're absolutely fantastic. I have fantastic siblings, and um, but I didn't really realize that until you know, but similar to you, sort of mm. a few years ago, how lucky I actually have it because when you're going through your own troubles. You just want to, you know, be in your own hold and blame everyone else, blame everything, blame this, blame that. And so you only see the negatives on the outside. And just like you're saying, it's made you who you are. So you're now starting to see some of the positives. It's nice when you share that stuff too, because I know that even, and it sounds a bit fucked up, but when I say stories about my dysfunctional family, I'm sure that makes someone else feel good. And when you hear stories Mm. about another person, you go, oh, well, at least I don't have that one. I've got my own stuff, but I don't have that. Mm. And that helps. Like, Mm. you know, it's, and that is scary because if you were to think that I hear stuff about your family and I think, well, we've kind of worked through some stuff now and we're on the other side of that. Mm. That probably makes you feel a bit sick. But then I'm sure there's things I can say that you go, oh, my God, that is so not my family. And that makes you feel better. And that's what life is as well. When you Mm. share, you know, you can also then be grateful by the thing and find gratitude in things where you're like, you didn't think that you could find them. (laughs) I think using that label too as dysfunctional is a bit problematic as well because what are you comparing it to? Mm. You know, I don't, is there a Gaussian distribution for the family, you know, for the family dynamics? I mean, mine works because it's my family and, and that's the same thing in the diet industry. We're trying to put one diet that suits everyone on earth. And it's just like one family is not going to suit everyone on earth either. So we have to really realize that we're individual and our family dynamics are what they are because right. of what we make them to be. Because it would we wouldn't so, be individuals if we didn't have the different families. Good that's point. That's right. So I don't really see any point of comparing, mm. you know, because it's like comparing apples and oranges, you know, two totally different dynamics in families and genetics and desires and goals and wants and caring everything. Yeah, so you've got really that in one person, it. let alone in a house full of different people. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. V true. Exactly. V true. Okay. My goodness. Uh, Dr. Cat, exactly. it's been a delight. Thank you so much for your time and jumping on board the podcast. Um, Absolutely. If, if people if people want to find out about you and um, the forever approach that you've created, the best place is your website, drcatherine.com. Yes. 
That's right. Good Absolutely. one. Yeah, Dr. Catherine right. Forever on Facebook and Dr. Underscore Catherine Underscore on Twitter. Um, you can check her out there. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much as well. Thanks, Bye-bye. Dr. Cat. Were you part of this convo and want more? Join our Thinker Girls posse on Facebook, Instagram, or thethinkergirls.com.au. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.